Good morning, everyone. And it's great to be gathered together in the house of the Lord. And also, uh, those who are joining us on Facebook or YouTube, welcome. It's good to have you with us. Or if you're listening on the radio at 100.1 FM, we're happy to have you as well with us today. Let's open our service in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that we can be gathered together today. And thank you for your love. Father, would you draw close to us in this time? Would you speak to our hearts? And Father, may our worship be found as something that brings glory and joy to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning. Call to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Psalm 95, verses 1 to 7. The congregation will read the part in yellow. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. For the Lord is the great God. In his hand are the depths of the earth. For he is our God. First hymn this morning is number 227. Come let us worship and bow down. Please stand and sing. So come to our time of announcements together today. I wanted to let you know that starting this week is our Lenten series of messages that will be happening at First Baptist Church over at 18 Harvest Avenue. And these are ecumenical services, meaning that we will have different speakers from different churches within the Tilsonburg Ministerial that will be speaking each week. And it happens on Wednesdays at 12 noon. In the past, we've had lunch together, which has been nice, but we still can't do that yet. But we are encouraged to come out and join everyone for a time of worship together. Um, it's about a half hour service. And um, also, if you would prefer just to watch online, if you go to YouTube and you look up the C Tilsonburg Christian Ministerial Association, you'll find our 
website for that or our YouTube site, and then you'll just have to find the one that is for that day. And so that's coming up. The theme for this year is Jesus Is, and it'll be six weeks of speakers on the theme of Jesus Is. This Thursday is our hopefully last session on hope (laughs) as we've been looking at it over the last two weeks and how it ties into the end times so we'll be talking about hope thursday at 10 in the morning as well Um, our annual reports are mostly in thank you to everyone who sent in their annual reports there's just myself and maybe one other report and that will happen this week There will not be Sunday school next week. We've been watching the Gospel of John video and discussing it, and so I will be away next week, and so this will resume again on March 13th. Next Sunday, we have the privilege of having Pastor Paul Robinson with us, and I know that he will bring a great message that's tied in to communion. Please also note that coming up on Sunday, March 20th at 1 p.m. will be our annual meeting, and so please make plans to attend that as well. Before we talk about our tithes and offerings, are there any other announcements that need to be brought to our attention today? Okay, great. Well, now let's take a moment and thank God for the tithes and the offerings that have been given and that are to be given. Let's pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of participating in the ongoing work of your kingdom. Father, that you have blessed us so that we can in turn bless others through our tithes and through our offerings. Father, we ask that you would take these gifts, these sacrifices, and you would use them for your glory. Make us cheerful and willing givers, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next hymn that we're going to sing together is number 692 in the hymnals, or The words will be on the screen as well, and it's God will take care of you. Please stand.
come to our time of praying together today for one another. Uh, we, I have been uh, speaking with uh, Marguerite this past week and just wanted to let you know that uh, continue to be praying for her and for Bill. Um, Bill's having some challenges and um, so he um, tends to be up in the night and sleep during the day and, and uh, so that's uh, a little bit of a challenge around the house but they're very grateful to have their sons uh, that are helping them out and so caring for them as well. Uh, Lloyd Anderson, of course, we've got an opportunity to connect with him as well, and uh, he and Alma, and so nice to be uh, connecting with them too. So continue to keep Lloyd in your prayers. He uh, sometimes has problems with his appetite, and so uh, he certainly would also appreciate any visits or phone calls too. I was speaking with his sister, Cheryl, and she said it would be really great if people from the church would be uh, willing to drop by or call or whatever, and uh, so do call first, and he would appreciate that. Uh, as we also are continuing to pray for one another, uh, Tina had mentioned that her sister Helen that we're praying for, uh, there's a little bit of improvement there. Uh, still slow, but so let's continue to be praying for Helen. Um, anybody else that we've been praying for? Any other updates for, for anyone today? Kendall continues to get a little better every day and move forward, so that's great. Yes, and uh, she's certainly had a long road so far and, and will continue to after that surgery that she had, but uh, we're really glad to hear about that too. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we lift up our friends and our family, those who are in need of your touch, and Father, we are grateful for them and the impact that they have made in our own lives. Father, we pray for those who are connected directly to this church and are connected indirectly to this church. And Father, we ask for your care for them. We lift up Bill Racher today and Marguerite. And Father, we ask that you would care for them and help them to get the care they need for Bill. Father, we ask that uh, you would be there and present and they would know your comfort in times that are challenging to them. Father, that you would lift them up and walk with them. Father, we thank you for the improvements for Helen Wheeler and uh, we pray, Father, that you would continue to help her and we pray that she would have full communication once again where she could connect with her family and chat with them and Father, we pray for healing for her. Continue to lift up Lloyd Anderson, Father, and Alma as well, and pray that you can continue to help him heal and pray for his appetite. Father, we continue to lift up Roger Sandham and pray for his continued healing. We lift up June Chambers and the pain that she wrestles with on a regular basis, Father, and pray that you would bring healing for her. Father, we lift up Brenda McKibben's father, Earl, and pray for his healing and also for her daughter-in-law, Kim, who battles cancer. Pray for her healing. We thank you for the good news about Kendall, Father, and pray for her continued strength and healing, and we thank you for the good news and the ability for her to keep moving forward physically as well as through the healing. Thank you for your mercy and your goodness. 
We continue to lift up Albert Hardiman as he battles cancer, Father, and Steve Kauk as he battles cancer, and Louise Groom as she battles cancer. Laura and Steve as they battle cancer. Father, we pray for healing for all of them. And that you would meet them and be with them and be with their family who sometimes it feels that all we can do is just helplessly stand by and watch and show our love. But Father, we lift up our prayers as well. We ask for their healing. Father, we continue to pray for Kevin as he recuperates from his accident and his surgery. For Angela Mutri, Father, we continue to pray for her and ask for healing. And Father, for my friend Dave and all his medical challenges, Father, we pray that you would be with him. And, and we do pray for America. We pray for healing for him too. Father, we lift up all of our sister churches today. And we ask for your presence that you would be with them. Father, as we have watched the unfolding of what's happening in the Ukraine, we pray, Father, that you would bring peace. Father, that your people would be present both in Russia and the Ukraine. That they would stand up for what is right. Father, we thank you for those who have provided relief and assistance and care. Father, we pray that you would provide protection. And Father, for that peace to bring rebuilding. We pray for peace in the world at large, in our homes, in our nation, and in the world. And Father, we thank you for your blessings that you pour into our lives. We thank you for this church that we can belong to and worship in. And Father, would you speak to our hearts today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next hymn that we're going to sing is a great reminder of God's love and care for us. His eye is on the sparrow. And the words are found at hymn number 624 in your books, or they will be on the screen. Please stand as we worship together.
Scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you so much, Scott. You got to love how Jesus ends with that really encouraging note, right? <laughs> Don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We haven't experienced that at all, have we? So I wanted to uh, take a moment and just reflect on our series so far on getting it right. We talked about Jesus, the law in us, the spotlight. Today we're talking about who is Lord. And then in two weeks, we'll talk about planks and pearls. So this week, uh, on each week, I wanted to remind you that, that when I'm talking about getting it right, this is the key idea, is that right perspective provides right response. You see, if we don't have the right perspective about Jesus and the law or who belongs in the spotlight or who is Lord, then we will have the wrong response. But when we get the right perspective, it gives us the right response response as Christians. And so we learned in the first week that it's not about just following the rules when it comes to the law. And when we looked at the spotlight, we learned that it's not about impressing others. And both weeks we reflected on the truth that it's not about the outside. It's all about the inside. And it's all about the heart. Well, today I want to talk about who is Lord. But before we get too far into that, I wanted to tell you that I love 
movies that have to do with treasure. You know, the pirate movies where there's some treasure you've got to go find or um, even when there's an, a treasure that's sort of open and we value it like national treasure when they're talking about the importance of this document for the Americans and you have these stories with Indiana Jones and he's going looking for treasure and it's always so much fun. And sometimes as kids, we would make up treasure maps or we would hide things and say it was treasure that we were going to find. As a matter of fact, I think that in my sandbox back in Asian Court, there's probably still some treasures that were never found that I dug in and buried. Well, what makes something treasure? Well, it tre it's a treasure when it's hidden and it's desirable. I think it's a treasure when it's valuable and when it's rare, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't call it treasure. And in the movies, there's that big pile of treasure that's so exciting, right? You, you have coins and crowns and necklaces and bracelets and cups and all sorts of stuff. This wonderful hoard of treasure that's worth bazillions of dollars, right? That's why we're going for it. I shared a story a few years ago about somebody, I think it was in England, and they were digging in their backyard and they found coins that dated back hundreds if not thousands of years. Wouldn't it be cool to stumble across some treasure? Well, Jesus says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And he talks about the importance of storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And as I mentioned last week, you know, Jesus says some strange things. And, and maybe I should have called the series Curious Things That Jesus Said. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven? How can we do that? Treasure is physical, it's earthly. How could we possibly have treasure in heaven? And what are these treasures? It, it seems like a confusing idea. But Jesus also says to us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. We don't do that, do we? No, we don't collect stuff. You know, we don't put money in a bank to like save up for the future or anything like that. No, not us. You know, we don't have valuables that we stick in safety deposit boxes or under our mattress or in some place. Not us. Not at all. The problem, Jesus says, with some of these treasures is that they're corruptible, right? They, they can get destroyed. You know, I have some things that I consider treasures that if a fire happened in our house, they would be destroyed. And that's the risk with our treasure. Now, you may have noticed when Scott read the passage today, it said moths and vermin, and perhaps you're used to the saying moths and rust. And the reason that they have that change of words in that translation is it's just talking about the fact that some things can be eaten up. Like rust eats up metal, if you don't believe that, then just keep driving on our salty roads, and eventually you'll see that rust uh, eats up metal. Things can be corroded, and in the same way vermin, they could get into food, so if you had some sort of special fancy food that you were storing in a bad place and the mice got into it, it's destroyed. Or if it was grain in a barn, perhaps, and you didn't have enough cats around, maybe then it would get destroyed. Same idea. What is your treasure? What do you really treasure? What is important to you if you stopped and thought for a moment and said, this is what my treasure is. Now, we're talking about stuff, 
right now? What stuff do you treasure? Next question. What do you base your decisions on? When you go and do anything, you know, you, you're going to maybe buy something. How do you decide whether to buy it or not? When you're going to go somewhere, how do you decide whether to go or not? When you need clothes or anything at all, what do you base your decisions on? In other words, what do you value the most? The thing you value the most will help you make your other decisions. So if you are getting close to retirement and you have a savings fund, maybe that's what you value the most. Maybe you value the opportunity to be finally done work forever, right? Maybe. Maybe you value the most some prized piece of something that was passed down, in you and down to you, an heirloom. Maybe you're saving up for something, a new vehicle, a new house, new something recreational. What do you value the most? What controls your life? Often what controls your life is what you value the most. Because if you're saving up for something, like this special trip that you're going away on on Friday, um, then maybe you deny yourself other things because you value that the most and therefore it controls your life. It controls your habits, your spending. Who or what gets priority in your life? Because whatever that is or whomever that is, they get ultimate priority then the same question would be, who or what is Lord? Whatever is your ultimate priority in your life is your Lord. For some of us, that might be ourselves. We might not really say that to people. Like, that sounds arrogant. You can't say, well, I am my own Lord, of course. Um, but functionally, the way that we behave, sometimes that might be the truth. Sometimes it's our savings that is actually our Lord. This, this, you're like a dragon with this huge hoard of gold, right? I've got my hoard of gold, or maybe a small hoard, you know, depending on how life has treated you. Your little hoard of gold, and you're like a dragon. This is my savings. This is everything to me. Is it yourself? Is it your savings? Or is it your Savior? Who or what is your Lord? Because it's not about just what we claim. We might claim that Jesus is our Savior and tell people all day long, Jesus is my Savior, He's my Lord, He's the one who controls everything I do. But when we stop and examine our lives, who is our Lord? Because it's about how we live. It's about our attitude towards our stuff. It's about what preoccupies our minds. Ouch. Stop and think about that. How much time do you spend with Jesus, reading the Bible, praying, thinking about him, being devoted to him, compared with everything else? Who is your Lord? What is your Lord? Are you more worried about your finances than your relationship with your Father? See, it's about what guides our hearts. That is who and what is our Lord. And it's about what runs our life. What runs your life? 
Is it devotion to Jesus? Or is it that you're stuck with something else? Our Lord is the one that we put first. Do you really put Jesus first? Now this term of Lord, we might think of in medieval terms, way back in the times when there were barons that owned sections of land and that you had to then give them homage. You had to give them a part of your land. You had to give them a tithe. But our Lord is somebody that we have to submit to. Who do you submit to? Whose rules do you follow? Who do you obey? Well, I can't do this with my money because it's tied up over here in my 401k. I can't do this because I'm already under the lordship of something else. Who is the one who controls your thoughts? Who gets most of your attention? Who gets most of your time? Who gets your best efforts? That is your Lord. Functionally, whether you like it or not, you may say it's Jesus, but if you live as if it's something else, if all of your time and attention and thoughts and efforts are not directed towards Jesus, are not in submission to Jesus, then something or someone else is your Lord. Where do you find your sense of happiness? Where do you find meaning? Money bring you happiness. Does money bring you your sense of meaning? Well, I find my identity in my job and the fact that I bring home the paycheck. I'm the breadwinner. It's money, your Lord. Where do you find fulfillment? Well, every time I get my tax return, you know, it comes back and I'm like, woohoo, look at big man on campus, right? Is that where you find fulfillment? Where do you find satisfaction? Well, I've got a good amount of money that's saved up for the future. Jesus tells a story about this foolish man who had a really good crop. And he decided that I'm going to tear down all of my barns and I'm going to build up new ones because I have this awesome crop and I'm going to save it for myself instead of being generous with others. Jesus said, you fool, this very night your life will be taken from you. Who then will get what you have saved up for yourself? Who is your Lord? Is it yourself? Well, of course not. No, not me. No, silly. What drives you? How do you make your decisions? Do you make them based on what is most convenient for you, what you would like the most, or are you really putting Jesus first? Or maybe it's your savings because, you know, we all have to plan for the future. It's drilled into us all the time. You've got to plan for the future. You've got to be self-sufficient. And so you store away your money like a squirrel storing away nuts for the winter, hoping that you've got enough. Where's your Savior? Do you really trust Jesus? Is he really in control of your decisions and your life? 
Sorry about that. Hopefully not too many people saw that I just spit there. That was really gross. That's a really long prelude into this point. This is why Jesus said to those people in that day, these words, you see, people haven't changed. The needs are still the same. We look around us, and ever since there was money, we have a need for money, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a way that we function in life, is that you have to have money to buy the things you need in our culture today. But is it your master? Does money serve you, or do you serve money? Is this is what Jesus said. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. What drives you? What do you worry about? Will there be enough money? Where is your trust when you're asking these questions? See, some people in our culture today are kind of turned money into their God, that they, they worship money. Maybe, maybe there's some people that are actually that weird that they would actually worship money. There's, do you remember Scrooge McDuck? He was in the comics. Donald's uh, cousin or whatever, and he would have this massive amount of gold in his safe, and he would dive into it. I, don't, I think that hurt. Uh, but somehow he managed to swim through it. You know, some people worship money. But most of us don't really worship money, not actually. But is it our Lord? Do we serve money, or does money serve us? Again, as Jesus as is saying these things in Matthew 5 and 6, it's about a guard against superficial faith. We say Jesus is Lord, and yet we act as if money is Lord. And you might be thinking, well, what do you mean there? Hang on a sec. Don't we need money? Isn't money important? Isn't it okay to have money? Do you mean I need to get rid of my savings? What are you saying? No, of course not. We need to have money in our culture today. But who is Lord? Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. <laughs> Me worry? I'm not Why would I worry? He just told you not to make money number one, but you need money. Suddenly there feels like it's a disconnect. I'm worried if I, if I give away my money, what's going to happen? How am I going to survive? I need clothes. I need food. Yeah, everybody wants me to wear clothes. Um, I need food. I need shelter. Where is it all going to come from? Do not worry. Do you ever worry about money? Do you ever worry about not having enough? Or about having enough? We think about it, don't we? There's this risk. What would happen if we ran out. Sometimes it's really about ourselves. That we're still the Lord of it. We want to be in control. It's a control issue. Sometimes it is about our savings, but is it really ever about our Savior? Sometimes is it about our situation? Well, you see, it's not really about myself. It's about the situation. I can't control anything. Some people want to control everything, but other people look around at their life and go, it's out of control. I'm just doing what I can. 
trying to make things work. I'm not really making money, my Lord. It's the situation. It's in control. I have no control. Where is the Savior, the one that's in control? See, what Jesus was getting at that day is it's an issue of belief. Do you believe that God loves you, cares for you, and will provide for you? Can we trust God to meet our needs? And we might say yes here and eh here. Not so sure. Do we trust God to meet our needs? For some of us, it's an issue of control. Who or what is in control of our lives? That is our Lord. And we are taught to be in control of our own lives, you know, to be little supermen and superwomen that just, you know, pluck up our courage and do our best and hammer down and knuckle down and, and we can do this and we think maybe we can be Lord of our lives. But when we look at the circumstance, it's like Superman. He can save that plane, but what about the disasters that are happening on the other side of the world? Things still seem to spiral out of control. There never seems to be enough money for everything that maybe we really want to do. Who is Lord in our lives? Is it ourselves? Is it our savings? You want to know who your Lord is? You can tell people all day long it's Jesus, and I really hope it is. But your life reveals your Lord. What you do, your actions, what you say, your life reveals your Lord. What you worry about if you lose sleep over stuff, it shows how you feel about God. Jesus pointed at the little birds around him, and he said, look at the little birds. They don't store away. They don't do all of this other kind of work. And yet God feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than little birds? Which the response to that is yes, in case you're curious. Yes, yes I am. I'm more valuable than little birds. And then he looked at the flowers in the field. And what they would do is they would take the field and they would come along and they would harvest any of the weeds. They'd bundle them up, they'd dry them out, and they would use them in the fire. Meaningless. But look at the beauty of those flowers in the field. We have chicory plants that just grow up in our driveway. Do you get that at all? We have gravel driveway. And they have these beautiful little blue flowers on them, and they're a weed. Dandelions, right? Mom's first bouquet, usually. Beautiful flower. It's a weed. And if God will make that beautiful, will he not much more clothe you? Do you trust God. You see, right perspective provides right response. When we understand that God loves us and sees us as valuable, we can trust that He will provide for us and we don't need to worry. It's not about what you can do, it's about what God does for us. God provides for us. 
We might think that, well, you know, I, I created my resume. I went out and got my job. Of course you did. Who changed the heart of the person who hired you? Who provided that opportunity in the first place? Behind it all is our Heavenly Father who loves us and provides for us. You are not the provider. You may think you're the breadwinner. You may think that you have provided everything and made the amazing meals, the clothes, and whatever. You are not the provider. God is. God is the provider. It can be scary sometimes when we look at how out of control the economy seems to be. And we wonder, are we going to have enough? And remember, we can turn to the scriptures and where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that you're more valuable than sparrows? Because you are. God will provide for you. This is why Jesus said, do not worry. We need to get the right perspective and the right response. And here's where he says to start. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, some of you may or may not have noticed last week that I skipped a kind of significant section in the scriptures, and we're going to turn there, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And if you don't know what that passage is off the top of your head, that's okay. But as soon as you turn to it, you'll know what it is, and you'll understand that it's the Lord's Prayer. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus gave us a model to follow. And here it is, starting at verse 9. Jesus says, This then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, holy, set apart, special, above all. Hallowed be your name, not ours. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yours, not mine. Whoever is our Lord is the one that we submit to. His will. His kingdom. What do you need? Daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Well, at a very basic level, it's food. Give us what we need for today. Maybe daily bread in our culture is beyond that. In Jesus' day, you know, you could live outside if you had to. We need shelter. We need clothes. Maybe there's other things we need. Paying our utility bills. Give us today our daily bread. God, help me meet what I need today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today. What is our daily bread? It's whatever that is in front of us today that needs to be answered. Too often we worry about tomorrow, about what's going to happen in the future. And Jesus says, today, this is our prayer. Bring that to him. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. What else do we need from God? Forgiveness. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a prayer that recognizes that God, that Jesus, our Savior, is our Lord. What is your treasure? What do you hold as something that's rare and valuable, hidden away? Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that? What does it look like? The treasures in heaven are based on this understanding of who God is, of knowing who Jesus is, this relationship, having things in the right perspective, providing the right response from us. It's our good deeds that have been created in us because of who Jesus is. It's our trust that we have that will be fully met when we recognize God and see him in the flesh. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Is it on earth? Is it in us? Or is it in our Heavenly Father who provides for birds and for flowers? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you love us, that you provide for us. Help us not to worry about earthly things. Help us not to obsess about them. We, you know we need money, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know that uh, saving is a good thing for the future, and you bless that. Father, help us to lay it all at your feet. May you truly be Lord of our lives. May pleasing you and serving you and submitting to you be what guides our steps, our lives, our decisions. That you may be glorified, that you may be honored, and that we may store up treasure in heaven. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus, our greatest treasure. Amen. Our hymn, final hymn together today is Trusting Jesus, number 578. Please stand.
Who is Lord of your life? Jesus deserves to be Lord of your life, wants to be Lord of your life, and should be Lord of your life. So live a life that shows that Jesus is Lord. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.